We're here. We're there. We're every fucking where. Center cut. Center cut. For the love of Meghan Markle. He thinks he's mad now. Wait till we win him over. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. Roy Kent. Roy Kent. It's Ted Lasso, season one. Welcome to the Center Cut. I'm Coach Breasts. Oh, okay. I am Michael. We never learn Coach Beard's name, and I'm assuming that his last name isn't Beard, but he is known as Coach Beard because he has a beard. So I'm Coach Breasts because I have breasts. Okay, that is fair, David. Well, I am, I'm just Michael. And are you ready for some non-American football? Well, 40% of the people have already turned off the podcast, but to the 60% of you that are left... Welcome. You're the good ones. <laughs> yeah. If you're a first timer, welcome. Thanks for stopping by. If you're a long time listener, welcome. Thanks for stopping by. We love you all equally. Yeah, we maybe do. not equally. Love but everyone. David, we watched only the first episode and the last episode of Ted Lasso, the first season. And we are going to recap the ends that we watched. And then we have a lot of questions from Reddit to help us guess about the middle. That was so good that I think the other percentage of people that stayed are now gone so we got this <laughs> yeah ted lasso american sports comedy slash drama which is everything now is just a comedy slash drama no matter how much drama or comedy is in it that's what it is yeah i've tried to like soccer so many times i've tried call me a fat stupid american i i, I don't care i think the thing is i have to feel like i can do whatever the thing is that i'm watching to be able to yep. have some sort of connection to it and mm -hmm. soccer is just running and foot coordination, of which I am very bad at both. So Yeah, that explains why you're so into curling. I will say that because it is tied to soccer, it has a slight disadvantage for me from the start. Oh, interesting. I don't care because it's about the show, not the sport that the show uh, yeah. is tied to. I think. I'm not saying I don't like the show. I like the show. It is an Apple TV original, which is new for me. I've never watched a show on Apple TV. I hear there's a lot of great shows on there. Severance. And it's a great start. It stars Jason Sudeikis as Ted Lasso. And this is a character that he originally portrayed in some promo videos for NBC's coverage of Premier League, like actual soccer in real life. I watched one of them and realized that, and I don't know if this show is a nod to it or they were just recycling jokes, but a lot of the same jokes were in those promos, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Do I want like a whole TV show flow from Progressive? No, thanks. No. No, I mean, it takes a, a particular character to actually, like, make a show out of. Do I want mm. a Geico Gecko show? Nope. Nope. Do I want a Mayhem show from State Farm, I think? Yes. Yeah, that would be that. pretty cool. That would be pretty yeah, great. Right. I'm into it. Well, this show has received quite a bit of critical acclaim. It was nominated for 20 primetime Emmys in season one. It won seven of them. And it was just nominated for a bunch for season two as well and in one a few of those a few weeks ago so this show is cranking and people love it it's got a 95 percent on rotten tomatoes wow. yeah spoiler alert i don't like soccer but it is extremely hard not to like this show in particular i enjoyed it quite a bit okay we'll get there in our center counts after yeah, all yeah, yeah. Of this hubbub mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but why don't you get us started on what happened in episode one sure thing we start with the pilot 
stupid. Come on, guys. Come on, Jason. So we open to God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols, and we meet owner of AFC Richmond, Rebecca Welton. AFC stands for Association Football Club. Soccer baby. It also stands for Lasso's prior role, American football coach and asshole from college. I have 12 more. Do you want to hear them? I don't I wouldn't. I don't believe that Ted Lasso is an asshole from college. <laughs> Hashtag believe. Anyway, interesting to not lead with Lasso himself, right? Yeah. A show about a man's name and you don't even start with him. I agree. We learn that Rebecca is taking over as owner from a public divorce with her ex-hubby, Rupert, and she fires the current coach, George, and rightfully calls him a fat twat. Yep. Say what you will about the British, but they get to call people twats and cunts all willy-nilly, and frankly, I'm, I'm kind of jealous. I'm kind of jealous. Yeah, they really get fast and loose with their, I mean, they're kind of curse words, but not really curse words. It isn't looked upon negatively for using them, which is like chef's kiss. Like, I would just love to be able to, like, say fuck whenever I want without, you know, my priest getting angry about it. Yeah, because, I mean, twats and cunts are, in American slang, pseudo pejoratives for the vagina. So according to the person that hates us, that makes the entirety of Britain misogynists. Mm hmm. But people can also be wankers. Yeah, it's true. I would just love calling people wankers. All I mean, That's for me a new thing. Do it. Just do it, David. No one's going to stop you. I'm going to because, I mean, it's going to happen 99% of the time on this show because you're the most wanker person I know. Okay, I will take that. So Lasso is then announced as the new coach of Richmond via Scott Van Pelt on ESPN. And we learn that he is an outside-the-box hire coming from D2 College Football, where he was a winner but also a goofy, goofy dancer. There's something about shows using real television shows in their shows that is great to me. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan when it's the real thing. I feel like SportsCenter is able to get away with this the most in this made-up world where a man named Ted Lasso exists that does not, but the real things that we're still used to existing within still exist. So it's like this weird crossover. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. But D2 college football to soccer where soccer is important? Sheesh, that is, that's quite the jump. Quite the jump there, Ted. That's pretty intense. We finally meet Lasso himself on his flight over to the UK. He's reading Kerouac and takes an ussy with a kid who recognizes him. We also meet his assistant, Coach Beard, and we already start to see some of Ted's unbridled optimism. Yeah, what a great introduction of Ted Lasso this is. <laughs> Wraps them all up into a little bow. Sure does. We get our title card, which is Ted sitting in the stand set to the dude from Mumford and Sons singing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Lasso and Beard have arrived. They make a pit stop at Tower Bridge and head to the stadium. We meet Nathan, who wants them to get off the grass. I like that kid. Nathan's very nervous, and he introduces, air quotes, them to Rebecca. Director of Communications Higgins, you know, the Weasley British type, takes Beard to get them set up in their new housing while Ted talks with Rebecca. And I think the one time I laughed out loud is his first interaction with T. I get it. I fucking hate T. Just like he says, it's just <laughs> hot brown water. No, thank you. <laughs> you know what? I was right. <laughs> so it good. is It's hot brown water I hate it he's the worst <laughs> i may not be as optimistic as ted but we certainly have similar taste buds we're just no palate having baby mouths i would imagine that you would spit out sparkling water so that makes sense mm -hmm, mm -hmm. rebecca gives him a tour of the stadium he makes a joke about ghosts needing to believe in themselves relevant to our questions later <laughs> and then he's forced directly into a bustling room of journalists to give his first press conference his new players are watching in their locker room and we meet 
Roy Kent, who threatens to punch dicks, man after my own heart. Ted is just bombing. He's fumbling all over himself, not knowing anything about soccer. And this douchey journalist dude, Trent Krim, there are questions about him, so I'm sure he comes up again. He asks, is this a fucking joke? And one joke I did like is he's tasked with naming soccer players, and he's like, Ronaldo, and that fellow who bends it like himself. (laughs) So good. It's pretty funny. He's just getting decimated up there before he takes a gulp of seltzer, forgetting it's bubbly, and spits it all over everything. Hashtag babymouth twins. As Ted and Beard head off to go meet the team, we learn that Rebecca wants Ted to fail. This choice was all a ploy to make her ex-hubby suffer since the club is all he ever loved. Also, right as they're leaving the press conference, Coach Beard hands him regular water and he takes a sip from it. It's like, see, I could do that all day. (laughs) Just like so good. Yeah, so Rebecca's doing this to spite her ex-hubby, and and as she puts it, she wants it to feel like he is a gif of a splintered cricket bat entering his rectum over and over. Hashtag baby mo- No, I'm just kidding. Rough. <laughs> Very rough. Lasso, Beard, and their new buddy Nathan watch some of practice. Sorry, training. We learn Roy Kent is an aging legend. Jamie Tart is good at soccer, but bad at being a good person. And we get some geography jokes about the UK. Real riveting stuff. <laughs> Back in the locker room as Ted's addressing the team, Keely pops in to snag her boyfriend Jamie Tart so he can get waxed. He's a ripe wanker, but his outfit is legend, mate. Am I doing it? Am I saying British words? You're doing it. Thank you. I mean, his outfit was sweet. I'll agree yeah. with that. <laughs> it's pretty, I, know, I know it's supposed to be douchey, but uh, I'd wear it. It's supposed it. to be douchey, but it's like a floral print jumpsuit and it's <laughs> fucking badass. <laughs> Keely, she has a solid bum for a British woman. For a British woman, that's the clarifier. But. <laughs> Well, yeah, for, I, I suppose if we're using the identifier as for a British woman, then then yeah. yes, she does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, she's attractive. Yeah. Ted and Beard set up their office, rife with cliche sports posters, obviously. And Roy Kent comes in and calls Ted Ronald fucking McDonald. <laughs> but Roy, have you looked at your eyebrows in the mirror lately? <laughs> Speaking of Ronald McDonald, Jesus, dude. Trim them suckers. Yeah, he was a hairy boy. Is that a weird thing? No. But anyway, when Roy walks away, Ted's line of, he thinks he's mad now, wait till we win him over, is the exact overflowing optimism that everybody raves about. I wish I could be that much of an un-asshole. I I just, I don't have it in me to be so dorky. Me too. So Ted hangs up a Believe poster in the locker room, and as he's taping over the nipples in a picture of Keely in Jamie's locker, she comes in and scares him. She helps him straighten out the poster. Though the joke is that it ends up being just as crooked, and there's a Bismarcky beatboxing joke. Sometimes the humor in the show is for middle schoolers and 90s pop culture heads. It's okay. Just be optimistic. If you don't laugh, you're just giving other people the opportunity to chuckle. You honestly didn't find that funny when the line before it was when he was like, no, I'm not good at that, but I I am good at beatboxing. And then he just starts beatboxing. You don't think that's hilarious? I think it's a joke that a person in seventh grade would find funny. I don't think so. And then he makes a Bismarcky reference. What fucking seventh grader is going to know that? That's why I said middle schoolers and 90s pop culture heads. I thought it was funny. It must okay, have well, the pop humor of a seventh grader. But Higgins laments using such a nice man like Ted Lasso for Rebecca's evil team destruction plan. But she offers him a promo to director of football operations to grease the wheels. And he's like, all right, fine. I guess I have to. Ted's home for the night now. He takes a miserable shower, starts to set up his stuff and calls his son. And 
wife, ex-wife, needing space wife. There's a question about it, I guess, kind of later. Separate, so. separate but married wife. Yeah. Sounds one, like. One of those types of deals. It's my guess. Here's my problem with being this beacon of optimism. Sometimes that optimism is fake. And then when you're by yourself, you're staring at the shower drain and not being able to sleep. Was that optimism, was the fake optimism worth it? Like, is the glass really half full if you're knocking it off the table when no one's looking? Uh, you know, I don't know if that other optimism is fake. I think that for Ted Lasso, he sees his optimism as a way to make other people happy. So he's not necessarily applying that to himself all the time. He is just trying to be a beacon of light in an otherwise dark world. Maybe that takes its toll on him and takes a lot of energy and effort. But for him, it's important. And he feels that that is the best way to help humanity. Yeah, but if it's all if it's all at the cost of your own internal destruction, is it worth it? I, I mean, maybe not. But other other people, uh, the people who are doing it might argue otherwise. You know, okay. I mean, a perfect example is someone like Robin Williams, who made the world laugh for years and years and years, but was so depressed himself that he didn't want to even share that with anyone. And ultimately, it ended up costing him his life. But I, I mean, I would argue I that th I think you just made my point for me. <laughs> Well, no, but I would. I'm, I'm arguing that if you were to ask Robin Williams, would he do it differently? I don't know that he would. Yeah, but it ended in his own destruction, so I don't think it's worth it. I don't care. If for Robin Williams, it was so much more important to make other people happy. The difference is that you are selfish. <laughs> but why can't you do both? Are you telling me that because I'm not optimistic, I can't make people happy? I'm saying that if you if you believe that the way you can make people happy is by being optimistic, then you wouldn't consider your own underlying feelings as part of that decision. Well, I think it's stupid. My, my theory is that I think it's stupid. But okay. anyway. Well, some people think about other people before themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're dumb. Dumbos. All right. Let's <laughs> talk about the finale. Let's get after it. So we open to Nate arriving at the complex bright and early. He's turning on lights and everything, but it looks like all of his job is already done for him. He's kind of walking around confused, like what the fuck's going on here? He eventually runs into what looks like his replacement, <laughs> like doing his job. Ted and Coach Beard and Higgins are all pretending to be confused about it. We learn later. And then eventually Rebecca walks in and he starts cussing her out before she shows him a contract. They are hiring him as a new assistant coach and he is getting a promotion. Hooray. Yes, it's all very great. They present him with a whistle in like a arts and crafts shoebox. <laughs> it's, it's very good. It seems that, I mean, from this scene alone, like for us who missed eight episodes in between, this is immediately showing us that this whole group of people are getting along way better than we expected them to be at the end of episode one. Mm -hmm. Roy has to pick a new captain. Him and Ted get in a little argument about how... Ted wants Roy to do it and Roy wants Ted to do it. Ultimately, Ted does a magic trick to give him back the captain's I, got, I don't even know what you would call it. What, what is that? Armband. Captain's armband. Sure. He ends up giving it back, and the face that Coach Beard makes is just <laughs> hilarious. He's so blown away by this magic trick. But they they do have a uh, have a meeting. We learn that they're playing Manchester City. This is the whole team having this meeting. This is kind of their last game of the year, and they are on the fence of getting relegated. For those of you who do not know anything about soccer, it means that this team kind of gets demoted into the the minor leagues, so to speak. Um, this is that they would go from the Premier League to the Championship League, which is a step down. Yeah. 
I don't want to go on a big sports rant because this isn't a sports pod, so nobody cares. But 1,000%, we should have relegation in American sports where shit-ass teams don't get to just hang around. And continue to be shit-ass teams for like years and years and years. Yes. A 1,000%, it will never happen because most of the teams in American sports are owned by proud, family-rich white fucks who would never agree to it. Late stage capitalism can fuck right off. Yeah, it's a it's a money thing. One hundred percent. Yeah, it sucks. It's it should crazy. Be. Should be. If you suck for twenty years, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I agree with that. Get out of here. It's like anyway. if you're known for being the bad team forever and ever, why are you still in what is considered to be the pinnacle of your sport? Makes money, no money, sense. Money, money. Correct. Money. Thank you. At this point, Nate, uh, as his first action as assistant coach, is going to show a video to the team. It is a video of Jamie, who is notably not here, and he is part of the Manchester team now, and he's speaking. He says he would say nothing bad about his old team, but then he says a bunch of bad things about his old team. Essentially, they're trying to to motivate the team to kick Manchester City's ass because Jamie's a dick. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, one of the player, Isaac, uh, throws a chair at the TV, and it like, happens very quickly and is great. But that's interesting that Jamie is on a different team. There's a question about it. Yeah. Ted and Coach Beard are at dinner now, and they run into the three fans that we saw in the in the first episode. They basically think they lost the game already. They're like, well, good having you here. You tried. Great job. <laughs> but as Ted is saying, like, how do you not have any hope? The old bartender lady says, it's the hope that kills you, which ends up being the title of our episode, The Hope That Kills You. Yeah. Now, when we first meet, meet them, they're talking about like different British slang. And I can't believe that they managed to sneak in a tasteful joke where the punchline was fag. And yes, <laughs> I, I know I said the word, but I'm talking about a cigarette. Get off me, dog. But I yeah, I was so impressed that they were able to get a joke in 2022. Well, 2020 with the punchline being that word. But you just tasteful. don't like it's, it's Yeah, it's tasteful and done. Yeah. It's done in a way that is that is definitely funny and you don't even think about like the negative end of it yeah. which is great so i was well impressed. Done. i was impressed by that yeah so the coaches try and get together to try and figure out a plan here they meet at ted's flat they basically nate is like it's hopeless there's no way we're winning and then ted lasso goes in, into his bathroom and pulls out that same believe poster that's in the locker room but it's also in his bathroom and he holds it up and, and gives him a bunch of shit for him calls him nelson's and then coach beard figures out that it's because he's referring to them as negative nellies but just in a roundabout way he meets with rebecca the next morning we assume and tells her you know i understand if you're gonna have to fire me when we lose like i get it whatever but then she comes up with the idea of kind of confusing them with his inexperience essentially and he takes that as kind of creating chaos gets excited runs out of the room does a little a jump kick thing as he's running out but right underneath the door frame and just fucking cracks his head right on the top of the door which is also pretty funny yeah i, I laughed a lot at that part so that was yeah, the second time was, i laughed it was loud. very good but they have figured out that they need to create chaos and the way they're going to do that is just by running a a bunch of trick plays all the time like their, their whole playbook is going to be trick plays we do cut next to jamie getting his hair done he runs in that same fan that ted lasso ran into on the plane taking an ussy <laughs> yeah he shows him a video of ted being nice and just saying like i wish the best for jamie i wish him luck in our in our game and in his future and everything and he assumes that he's uh, just immediately playing mind games and i don't know why but feels like he needs to talk to keely about it so he texts her he heads over to keely's house and roy is there in his underwear and it's funny they all have 
just a ridiculous breakfast. Keely is with Roy now. They are in a relationship and they seem very happy. So great for them. But Jamie is still convinced that Ted Lasso is just trying to play mind games and is not actually a nice person. I didn't think I'd like Roy Kent. But gosh darn it, I kind of like Roy Kent. I immediately, as soon as I met Roy Kent, knew that you would like Roy Kent. Because you (laughs) always like the dick that speaks his mind and just tells everyone to go fuck themselves. Like, that is your favorite character in everything we've ever watched. Maybe, but you don't. So, are you saying you don't like Roy Kent? Oh, no, I like Roy Kent as well. But I grew, I was convinced I would not like Roy Kent and then grew to like him. Whereas I knew from the start that you would like Roy Kent. So don't lie and say that you grew to like him over time. No, but I didn't like him in the first episode. Ah, I I don't believe you, even in the slightest. Okay. (laughs) But Roy, at the beginning of our game here, it's coming up to game day. He picks Isaac as his new captain, basically tells him, don't ever stop throwing chairs at TVs. (laughs) And Ted gives a great speech here about how it's the lack of hope that kills you is the thing that that woman said. But he believes that that's not true and that hope is exactly the opposite, that hope is what can keep you going and that you need to believe. And then he asks his team if they believe in miracles and and they all, you know, agree and meet in the middle. Isaac finishes out this this little huddle that they're having by counting to 12, which is a long count for a huddle, but skipping eight. Don't know why. And then they all yell Richmond at the end. <laughs> yeah, this, this is exactly how my toddler counts. For the longest time, he refused to say seven, like he would just skip seven. But now when we tell him to count, he'll start with it. He's like, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's like, bro, what happened to one, two, three, four, five, six? Yeah. No, those aren't important now. Once he learns seven, he's, he's good to go. Yep. But the game is underway now. No goals for a while. Actually, the whole first half, there is a uh, a corner kick and Richmond runs the Sandman. It almost works, but not quite. The goalie makes yep. a save. Zorro, their goalie on Richmond, is also making a lot of good saves. So halftime hits and we're still at 0-0. So this is when we learned that the team could also avoid relegation by tying the this game that they're in if the other teams that are playing currently if one of them wins by i think six goals six, uh, they yep. can avoid getting relegated if they tie so they all want to kind of check the scores to see where everything's at but ted lasso says nope we're in this to win it we're winning and that's it no ties and no one looks at a phone mm-hmm. so we have no idea how that other game's going i like that approach though if you get people thinking about the tie then they're just going to settle for a tie like no let's correct let's win it. no so, play to right. win yeah he's right if we tie and it works out great if not oh well yeah. but play to win He's right. Yeah, a penalty against Richmond ends with a goal for Manchester, so they're now winning one to nothing. It's important to note that Roy didn't start this game. We don't have no idea why, but Roy didn't start. And then in the second half, Roy did start um, the second half here, so he's got his his captain band back on. And another breakaway by Jamie, looking like he's going to. It's going to be up to the goalie, and you know you never know with Jamie because he is very good at soccer. But this time, Roy catches him, which everyone is just absolutely amazed at because he's super old and slow but he like kicked it into another gear and uh, was able to catch up and and uh, stop his runaway here so that's exciting he's here he's there he's every, every fucking where Roy can't Roy can't but at this point, phones start going just bonkers. Everyone's looking around and starting to cheer. And Nate is able to figure out that the Palace won 6 nothing, So they won by the six goals that they needed. So all they need to tie. And now they've all changed their two. And they're like, we just need a tie. <laughs> so they're all excited about it. With that excitement, Isaac calls the Lasso Special, which is another trick play that Lasso apparently had come up with. It's basically them playing American football. They all line up 
like there's a line of scrimmage and the goalkeeper is the QB. They all run routes. The goalkeeper does a long kick downfield, a Hail Mary, and they end up getting a goal out of it. And now they are tied one to one and everyone is losing their minds. Would this actually work in a Premier League match? Assuredly, no. But it's a cute way to tie Ted's football background in. So I'm going to I'll give it a pass. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. But I also think unlike football or baseball or something like that, soccer, like the clock is kind of always going. As far as I know, I'm pretty sure the entire other team was arguing with the ref over a call. And it's like, what was stopping anyone from Richmond to just like slowly run up the field with the ball? Like, it's like they're all arguing and that's when they got lined up and stuff. But the length of time it took to get all set up and stuff like you're telling me that another player from the other team wouldn't have run across. And it's not like they had to stay behind the line of scrimmage like they could just run over there. Yeah. So it was a little gimmicky, but also pretty good. So we'll allow it. As they are celebrating, tying the game and thinking that they're cool and they're not going to get relegated, stuff like that. And within the last seconds of the game, Jamie is able to get the ball, finally makes the decision to pass, which he never, ever does because he is a selfish wanker. And his teammate is able to score the goal and they they get a goal and they end up winning 2-1. Manchester City wins. AFC Richmond is going to get relegated. (sighs) Ted, after the game, is walking back to the locker room, passes a room where we see Jamie who is getting screamed at by his dad for passing the ball. How old do you have to be before that doesn't happen anymore? Cause fuck that guy. It's dumb too. Like you literally made the game winning assist. Yeah, but he could have scored the game winning yeah, but- goal. He brought shame to their whole family for being a team player in a team sport. Chris Paul is like a revered basketball player and he's not even that good at scoring. He's just like really good at assists. Like mm-hmm. it's okay to be like good at being good at assists. Actually, like people give you credit for that. Apparently not in soccer. Guys, a suck ass dickhead. Correct. Ugh. Yes. Anyway. And if anyone knows stuff about bad dads, it's Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Ted ends up giving a great speech about how you know it sucks we all have to go through this, but you know we're doing it together. So everyone in this room feels the same way you do. And as shitty as it is. Be a goldfish. Be a goldfish and forget that this happened and move on with your life. Again, optimism, great. I I appreciate optimism. I don't want to make it sound like I don't because I do. But at the end of the day, if you're happy as a clam, but you're getting relegated and losing, you're making other people who care about you be sad. And maybe you're all they cared about. And now they are sad and alone. I just think like sometimes it's okay to wallow. Sometimes it's okay to be sad that I let a lot of people down. He let a lot of people down. Huh? He wallowed. No, he's like, forget about this. We're okay. Well, yeah, because like, he's trying to be like he basically considers the all these people like his kids, and he's just trying to tell them to keep their head up. But he definitely communicates like this sucks for all of us. Like we're this is shitty. I just don't. I don't agree with saying forget about it. No, don't forget about it. you. You let down a lot of fucking people because you were. No, good he doesn't enough. say forget about it. He says. To have a short memory, we could take this opportunity and we can live in this guilt and this shit right now, but just don't let it rule you forever. Like we could deal with it and we could have this shitty moment and we can learn from it and then we can move on. But there's no sense in remembering it forever. You got to hold on to your failures forever. That's the Michael way. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) 
So he meets with Rebecca the following morning and basically quits before she could assumedly fire him. He assumes she's going to fire him and he doesn't want to make her do that. So he he starts to quit. And then she's like, no, no, not happening. They agree that they're going to get back into the Premier League. We can get promoted back into this league. And then when we get back, we're going to win the whole fucking thing. And after he says that, he gets all excited, takes a sip of his water, but it is sparkly water again, and he does spit it all over Rebecca's face. The camera zooms into her face, and that is the end of the finale of Ted Lasso season one. She should get some tips from Keeley on what to do after your face is covered in liquid from a dude. Bazinga! Got her. Fuck you, Keeley. I don't know why. I like Keeley. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't like this ending. Oh, I see. So here's the thing is that we saw the first episode and the last episode right up against each other. Can you imagine for if they did that in the first episode and then like the sparkling water thing was never mentioned again and then you get to the finale and he does the thing that happened 10 minutes into the first episode. Okay. That would be funny. That's fair. That is a that that's fair. We're coming from to it from a different perspective than other people. So that's correct. Fair. You get the length of time between yeah. the jokes. If it was like a few months between when you watch the first episode and the last one and he does this again, it would be funny. That that's also fair. like I, I didn't think they are trying way. to sell the fact that like regardless of everything that happened this year, Ted Lasso is still exactly where he started. He yeah. knows nothing about soccer, but he's a good coach and people love him and they're gonna make it happen. I still don't love it, but I I don't dislike it as much so thank you for giving me that perspective <laughs> you're welcome well david we do have a lot of questions but before we get there let's take a break at halftime of our podcast here for a center commercial i'd love to take a halftime center commercial break thank you today's episode is brought to you by the hauntings homicide and hearsay podcast hhh <laughs> that's how you pronounce it that's how you pronounce it it's october Things are starting to get spooky. I've seen like three of those giant skeletons on people's lawns. You know what I'm talking about. They're like, they're big right now. I saw one at a tractor supply place today. Don't know what that is. What better way to enjoy the season than hearing about killers? And I ain't talking about Mr. Brightside. Got him. <laughs> Hauntings, Homicide, and Hearsay is a horror podcast that focuses on the USA's most gruesome murders, haunted happenings, and urban legends. Hosted by the hilarious duo of Stephen and Ashley, good name is just the right amount of facts jokes and banter steven and ashley formerly hosted michigan's legends and haunts and after a hiatus they rebranded revamped and here they are cranking out the hits yet again listen to some of these episode titles no more midnight meat train for you choking stroking and samuel little i'd be stroking i'd be stroking the Clitoris, The Stepfather, and The Candyman. All me. If those titles don't get you ahead to the show notes and check out their show after you finish this one, obviously, then you're dead to me. Mm -hmm, me too. Whether you're listening to them talk about messed up shit that John Wayne Gacy did in their three-part special or just chatting about Boston lobster rolls versus Maine lobster rolls, you're bound to have a great time. Check out Hauntings, Homicide, and Hearsay wherever you find podcasts. And tell them Michael and Dave sent you. Now that we are all just sufficiently frightened of the clitoris, what should our listeners do? They should head to our social media, most notably TikTok and Instagram at the underscore center underscore cut. Yeah, we have some great videos and stuff we're posting there. We ask for your input on center chats and stuff like that. And if you have things to tell us, then you can send it to us as well through an email or a voice message. You can email us at thecentercutcast at gmail.com or send us a message at 
podinbox.com slash the center cut. We want to hear your voice. We want to hear your voice. Please and thank you. Mm, we love you. Bye. All right, David. I teased it at the top. We have numerous, numerous questions. I love when you tease. Yep. So these questions all came from Reddit this time. So many. Let's just get crack a lacking. Let's get after it. First question comes to us from Clarinetist22. Why is Jamie Tart on Man City? What happened? I honestly think that he just wasn't a team player. He never passes. He never supports his team. And ain't Ted Lasso got no time for that. So he just transferred him over there. Like he fired him or traded him or something, but just got him the fuck out of here because he won't play on a team. Yeah. In my eyes, this was the most important question. So kudos to you, Clarinetist. This is exactly what I was questioning when I watched the finale. And a lot of times in just watching the finale, you can use context clues or there's like one sentence that fills in how a major thing happened. But mm-hmm. this is not even remotely hinted at other than acknowledging that he used to be on the team and now is not. Now, it doesn't seem like he was traded for another player. So it would need to be either a simple cut or wave situation. Or, or I guess he could have been traded for cash. Soccer does weird shit like that. But I kind of agree with you. I bet it's just something simple, actually. Like Ted just got sick of him being a negative influence on the team. And even though he's the best like physical player, if his antics are making the team worse morale-wise, I can see Ted valuing that more, like the team morale piece, more than the physical game. So he's like, either you're benched until you're a team player or GTFO. And Jamie's like, all right, you twat, tart out. Yeah. And then he just moonwalks out of there, and bam, he's cut later that day. One good player that's a shitty team player is not good. Yeah. Perfect example is Ocho Cinco. Oh, Ocho Cinco was great. What are you talking about? He also did some weird shit, but we won't talk about that. Changed his name to Ocho Cinco, mainly. True. What a weirdo. All right, our next set of questions come from Audio Addict 321 Glad you're here. Hope our audio's good. How does a wrinkle in time play into the show? I think Lasso gives it to Roy to read because he's so old that he has wrinkles, and it's about time travel, and he wants Roy to regain some of his youthful vigor. And I foolishly promised a pun in the Reddit post, so here goes. Roy gets mad at a line and stops reading it because he'd rather be laying a gal. Mad line laying gal. Boom. Nailed it. That's the author. Madeline Lingle. Good. Good. Cool. <laughs> cool. Your silence speaks volumes. Speaks volumes of how bad that was. Okay. What's your answer? I don't think it has anything to do with the book. I think this is Ted's favorite movie <laughs> with Oprah and all of them. And he, it, I do agree with you that he is pitching it to Roy, but I think that he is pitching it to Roy not because he wants him to go back in time and be good at soccer again. It because he it's it's about hope and belief and how you need to be positive. And he's trying to convert Roy to someone who can be a leader on the team rather than a, a negative influence by just being depressed that he's old. Okay. We're on similar wavelength. Next question from Audio Addict. How does Ted define wanker? I think he knows that it is a sexual organ, but I think that he says it in like a very like five-year-old way, like calling it like a pee-pee or something. I guess the bigger question is why he'd need to define a word that already exists. And like you said, like there's no way that he doesn't know what a wanker is. He has a child. I guess speaking of it at the moment, how old would you venture to guess Ted Lasso is? Like 40s, somewhere in that range? Yeah, I had to kind of guess this. My assumption was early 40s. Okay. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I would say like 40 to 43 was my guess. Wow, that's a very tight window. Okay. 
Anyway, I, I think he defines it as a negative Nelson, a pouty little dickhead who thinks everything's about them. And I think he's referring to Jamie specifically. Okay. Why and how are ghosts haunting the team? I think this is touched on in a one-off line in the first episode where Rebecca says that some people think there are ghosts from the soldiers who died when the stadium was being used as an infirmary Mm -hmm. during the war. So I think something goes missing in the locker room and Ted immediately jumps to there being ghosts. Interesting. I think that part of the conversation is, yes, I agree with you that Rebecca talking about their ghosts from the military and everything like makes sense. But I think Ted uses that to try and motivate everyone. And he kind of uses it as like more of a metaphor of like their pasts and like the barriers that are preventing them from like working Mm. as a team and working together. Metaphorical ghosts. Mm. I like it. Next question from Sing Shred Code. Name two items used to unhaunt the team. In the idea of it being a metaphor, I think that Ted Lasso is trying to create team camaraderie. And the two things that he uses to do that are a DVD of A Wrinkle in Time and a game of of Twister. Ooh, Twister. Uh, I went with a clove of garlic and a copy of The Page Master starring Macaulay Culkin, Christopher Lloyd and Whippy Goldberg on VHS, among many other things, of course. Both of us named a movie, which is weird. Both of us named a movie starring an old black woman. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Correct, we did. Yep. (laughs) So our next set of questions comes from maybe next year 12. How many ghosts is too many ghosts? One. Next. Ten. Don't know why. It's my answer. (laughs) So so nine ghosts? Fair. Fair, I mean, we could deal with nine ghosts. Ten ghosts, too many. Okay. Next question for maybe next year 12. Would you rather be a lion or a panda? And and I will say this was the number one most liked question in the post. Yeah, so I assume and I think I think there's a later question that kind of ties into it a little bit. But would you rather be a lion or a panda? I mean, personally, I would rather be a panda, I guess, because they just sit around and eat all the time. Yeah, I think the logical answer is lion, you know, like apex predator, king of the jungle, all those other cliches. But pandas fuck, man. Nobody cares if lions have sex. Nobody. But zookeepers out here going the whole nine trying to get pandas laid so they don't go extinct. They're fat as hell, but they could still maul a dude. And like you said, they just sit around and eat all day. Mm -hmm. And this is coming from a man with a cartoon lion tattooed on my arm. But it's panda all day long. But show context-wise, I have no idea what this means in the context of the show. I'm sure Ted asks this to a player when the player is like being too docile. Like, do you want to be aggressive or do you want to be a fat fucking bear bitch? Yeah, it must be something motivational that he's trying to, <laughs> trying to but but yeah, it's it's interesting. Okay, well, I'm glad we both chose Panda. Yeah. Our next question is from Max underscore Grainiter? Grainiter? Graindeer. It's like a reindeer. Graindeer? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That could be that person's full name, and I, I'm sad Probably. I put it on a podcast, but they put it on Reddit, so too bad. Fill in the rest of this sentence. Liverpool has much to offer from pubs to clubs to blank. From pubs to clubs to naughty back rubs. Like, it has to rhyme, right? Gotta. And there's not many options. It's gotta. Rubs, it's gotta. So. It's gotta. Yeah, I'm going 100%. 100%. Naughty back rubs. Okay. From pubs to clubs to big fat chubs. Got him. <laughs> Got him. I mean, it's England. They can say whatever the fuck they want all That's the time. That's true. Yep. Twats, wankers, cunts. So yeah, I can chubs. chubs. Fair. Mm-hmm. Next question from Big Three Ver Three. What event causes Rebecca and Keeley to become friends? I actually think this is Jamie getting fired from the team. I think for for whatever reason, like the Jamie getting fired 
situation leads to i mean at this point i would assume keely was no longer in relationship with them or or he or she was planning on ending a relationship with him and i think that at this time potentially rebecca still could have been trying to sabotage the team and kind of convince ted lasso to get rid of jamie because he's the best player and she thinks that that would sabotage it even further but for whatever reason they both bond over wanting jamie gone Mm. i'm a little bit different I bet that Jamie Tart gets caught cheating on Keeley and they bond over having shitty ex-men oh. in their lives that cheated on them. That's a good guess. It just makes too much sense given what we know about Rebecca and how Keeley is with a different guy in the finale. So that's my guess. If Keeley got cheated on by Jamie, do you think that she would be as open to him coming to her house in the final ep? I don't know that she was open. I think he just showed up. He just did it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, it's possible. Coming over. It's a good point. He's that type of douche. That's a good answer. Our next question comes from Choler Bear. Choler Bear asks, what does Nate do to get the respect of the team? He spikes the Gatorade with vodka and plays turn down for what? Over the loudspeakers <laughs> for practice and it improves team morale and they win their next match. Turn down for what? Oh, man. <laughs> I think he ends up somehow on the field and he scores on Zorro, their goalie. <laughs> And they're like, oh, shit, he's actually kind of good at soccer. <laughs> no way. My, yeah. my edge is way more believable. I mean, if he's <laughs> like, like they're asking him like direct <laughs> soccer questions. What uh, in the beginning of him just being a towel boy makes you think that he would be a viable assistant coach? I feel like it had to be something okay. soccer, like something yeah. that proved that he knows what he's talking about. Maybe. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. <laughs> Next question from Choler Bear, who are Marlboro Man and Sassy Smurf? This just seems so obvious to me that it's got to be Ted and Rebecca. Oh, really? Actually, it could also be Roy and Jamie. <laughs> I feel like Marlboro Man has to be Ted. Like, it just fits so well with who he is and who anyone from England assumes a person from the South is like. See, my guess is that it's what Ted gives as nicknames for Roy, Kent, and Keeley because Roy is, oh. is your your stoic Marlboro man stereotype. Like the Marlboro man is this just like guy who doesn't talk. Who's just like brave old cowboy. Yeah. And, and Keely is clearly sassy from what we saw in the two episodes. Mm. And also I want to be sassy. Am I sassy, David? Did you describe me as sassy? I don't know if I would define you as sassy. Okay. All right. Well, I'm working on it then. It's my next okay, goal. Well, yeah, keep, keep working on it. We'll check back okay, season four or whatever. Whatever season we're going into, we'll check back. Are we fucking almost at the end of season three? This is wild. It's almost season four of the Setter Cut, guys. <laughs> wow. Okay. Crazy. All right. Let's move forward. That's that's a good answer, though. I appreciate your answer. Thank you. I should have thought of that. Our next question from Sihan CJ. I'm assuming that's just a creative way of saying Sean, but... Maybe. <laughs> Sihan CJ. Why is Rebecca cheering for Richmond? She realizes that if they win a bunch, she can sell the team for even more money than they are worth at the moment, and she can purposefully sell it to somebody who she thinks will do a horrible job. I can't really think of any other reason. I hope it's not something stupid like Ted won her over and she loves him and wants him to succeed because, like, come on, I'm all for positivity, but that'd be some bogus kumbaya bullshit. Like, there's no way it's that. So I don't necessarily think there's like she realized that Ted was a good dude and she wants him to be great. Like, I don't think it's quite that. Okay. I do think that Ted learns that Rebecca is trying to sabotage the team and is able to convince her that it would be even better 
if the ex-husband that you had that could never make this team actually successful watches you make this team successful, it's even more of a fucking dig than running the team into the ground. It's like, look, you cared about this thing so much and you couldn't fucking make it happen and it took one season and I made it happen. I don't I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I yeah, I don't I, I agree with you that it would be a little sappy if it was just like she likes Ted too much and she wants him to be to succeed. Like I don't think I don't think that's it, but okay. I could definitely see him like figuring out uh, an interesting way to convince her of the opposite. Next set of questions from Jay Levsky. What do Wonderwall, Bad Romance, and Let It Go have in common? I think they all periodically get stuck in Ted's head and he sings them like throughout the season. So I'm I have information that you don't because I am the one who posts the Reddit question. But this answer was essentially given away by other questions that I had to pull because they're clearly answered others. This question wasn't answered, but some of there's some information here. It seems to be a fact based on the pulled questions that bad romance was sung karaoke style by Coach Beard. So if I'm to take that as gospel, and again, it wasn't it wasn't explicitly said, but like based on some of the questions, it kind of you could like draw the line that the entire team went to go do karaoke, and these were all the song, songs that were sung throughout. The- um, maybe, but that's not my guess. My guess okay. is that the other two are also sung by Coach Beard, but more on that later. So you think like no one else sings and it's just like Coach Beard does like just Coach a Beard. bunch of like all night every scene the singing yep. is Coach Beard. That would yep. be very good. I would I would think that that is very funny if that is the case. But also my short answer is what are overrated songs, Alex? The songs are overrated. Well, Wonderwall, Wonderwall is I, but Bad Romance and Let It Go. <laughs> fart sound. <laughs> I mean, Let It Go is just I mean, it's a Disney song. It is. I like the it song. is song. I like the song. I don't like the performance engineered to to like to get in your brain it's well, I like crazy the song. i like the song let it go i think it's a well-written song i don't like the performance i don't like the singer i think i think she sucks i think this famous award-winning broadway performer sucks <laughs> is what i'm saying no adina manzel is very good <laughs> fuck you jay also asks is roy kent's penis curved normally i would say why ask the question if the answer is no but in this case I think the joke is that it's not curved. He is such like a blunt and angry looking man that his dick could only be a rock solid statuesque piece of flesh. Like he doesn't even have a penis head. He doesn't even have a head. It's just like a straight, <laughs> blocky Minecraft appendage-looking thing. It just comes to, just a, rectangle. It just comes to a to a square point. Yeah, it's just a rectangle. He has a rectangle coming from his pelvis. Interesting, interesting answer. Yeah, I, I appreciate your input. My answer is yes. Moving on. <laughs> uh, last question from Jay Levsky. Fill in the blank. You don't need a blank and a blank. Could this could this be a homosexuality thing and it's a man what? and a woman? You don't wow. need both a man and a woman. It's like wow. someone is being anti-sexuality or whatever. And Ted Lasso is like, no, no, no. Be accepting of everyone. You don't need a man and a woman. I didn't go there at all. Mm. You don't need a bath and a shower. I th- Interesting. <laughs> I think Ted says this to one of the players because they're they're overthinking and being too cautious when they need to be aggressive. And the point he's making is like, just clean your armpits and butthole. A bath and a shower is overdoing it. Like, you don't need to do both things. Sometimes you just need to get in and out and get it done. Do you just... So, I know that you 
enjoy being very clean. Yes, very much so. There's no way on God's green earth that you've ever taken a shower where you've gotten in, cleaned just your butthole and your armpits and then gotten out. Well, no, but <laughs> no, correct. You're factual there. But I would, <laughs> but you don't need to take a, ba- a bath and a shower. Just take, just take the shower. I understand where you're coming from. It's not a bad, it's not a bad thought. What I'm saying is like, if you're doing the overthinking, which he, cause he's using a metaphor, an analogy. Yes, 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 you, yes. You can't, build a house if you spend all the time on the blueprints like planning is cool but what's planning if there's no action you know what i'm saying like sometimes you're gonna have the action too you're just gonna build the house sometimes you just got you just gotta do it just take the plunge you know yep exactly i understand yeah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. I just wanted to make sure our listeners knew that you weren't just getting in the shower and cleaning just your body. No, 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 no. I no, am, no. yes. No, no, no. He's, pl- he's spending 45 important. minutes in there. Easy peasy, guys. Yeah, very important. All right. Our next question comes from one Spacewalker one. What is the point of the Diamond's dogs? I could be completely and utterly wrong, but I am going to say that when Higgins loses his job, there's a question about it later, I think he forms a cover band with Coach Beard and I'll even venture to say Ted as well, and they play at that pub that the three dudes and the old lady are at, at one of the non-soccer game nights. There are a couple of other questions that make me think it's at least in the realm of possibility, and I think that they <laughs> what? play... Okay, hold on, because I also look at these questions. I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I think they play Wonderwall and let it go. They are a cover band, and they play Wonderwall and let it go. So you don't think it's singing. a karaoke situation. You think it's like a them performing at this pub yep. situation? Diamond Dogs is a cover band. Wow. Um, yeah, my answer is I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so what's the point of Diamond Dogs? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I thought about this for conservatively 15 minutes and was like, what the fuck does any of this mean? <laughs> so you literally have no answer. <laughs> no answer. I reached my limit of creativity. And I have chosen not to not to partake in the diamond dogs. Do you know what the point of a diamond dog is? The tail. Moving on. <laughs> uh, uh, negative net nine four five five asks, why might a group of four men call themselves the Proud Boys? However, briefly, <laughs> can you imagine if this was their initial band name before they became the Diamond Dogs? It'd be pretty good. Is that your answer? Did I steal your answer? I'm sorry. <laughs> that's my answer. <laughs> I think that's what they, uh, man. they call their band okay. name that when they first drunkenly conceive of the idea. <laughs> okay, I understand now. I I think. <laughs> All right, I'm on board with the band now. That's the answer. It was, right. it was there. They were right. all excited about it. So they named themselves the Proud Boys. And then someone was like, guys. Yeah. <laughs> they woke up the this. next day. They drunkenly can't came do up. And they're like, oh, shit. That's a very, very concerning name. <laughs> so I, you're, you like my idea now, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, with this question, I guess I'm kind of on board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Our next question comes from Mancho803. What is Jamie Tart's football chant? Okay, another time that you might think I'm crazy, and I, and I very well could be. Yeah, but th- this is one of the last ones I answered because this I, I thought about this one for a while, and I kept saying his name out loud to myself, like Jamie Tart, Jamie Tart. There's only a few words that uh, rhyme with Tart. Exactly, and it sounds eerily similar to when my toddler sings "Baby Shark." So 
it would be hilarious if it was like Jamie Tart do 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 do. If it's not that, it should be because his name is too perfect. There, there is an American football player, DJ Chark, and I have heard people do it for him. Like that's a chant they do for him. So I'm not insane. Like this is a legit thing. So I think it's Jamie Tart do 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 do. Interesting. It's not a bad guess to be Thank honest. You. Um, yeah, I also wanted to find a rhyme with Tart, so I just came up with Jamie Tart. He'll tear your ass apart. <laughs> I like that one, too, actually. Could be that. Jamie Mm -hmm. Tart, I'll tear your ass apart. Yeah, I like it. Next question from Rod E15. If his blank was on fire, I wouldn't blank blank his blank. So, like, the blank after wouldn't looks like two blanks. There was a space. So Yeah, I'm not sure if it was intentional. If there are two words before his, I think that there are two words. So I don't know. What I, you I also there. interpreted okay. it that way. So. so if his blank was on fire, I wouldn't blank blank his blank. If his tractor was on fire, I wouldn't sleep with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. It just feels like a weird southern thing that Ted Lasso mm. would say. Okay. I went with if his ball sack was on fire, I wouldn't spit on his pubes. And I will take no further <laughs> questions at this time. <laughs> Uh, solid (laughs) we also would have accepted piss on yes correct we would (laughs) our next question from crazy boy 2413 why does jamie receive a toy army soldier from ted after the match i thought a lot about this question because that was another thing in the finale it was like what the hell what's with the soldier Mm. so with the soldier is also a little note that cheers him on for making the extra pass instead of just trying a shot on goal and Here's the thing. The soldier that he gives him isn't your typical army man. It's one of the scout ones, which is like just holding binoculars instead of a gun. Always the boring one when you play with him as a kid. So I think that was Ted's coaching moment earlier in the season when he was still on the team. I think he made the metaphor about shooting the ball. And instead of going in blindly and shooting like a foot soldier, it's better to be the scout that's up on the hill safe and sound and having the foresight to take a different angle or, you know, make the extra pass to get a better shot on goal. So I think giving him that was a nod to his prior coaching and basically patting him on the butt for taking his words to heart that like sometimes it's better to be the scout, be the person who's looking out and seeing all of the angles rather than the one who's just like going into the front line and shooting. Interesting. So yeah, I think this ties to a a later question a little bit, but I think that Jamie has this collection of army men that he considers dear to him. Mm. And this was kind of Ted kind of recognizing and notating the fact that like he remembers that like he's not your normal dude who only cares about soccer. Like he cares about you as a person. And you mentioned one time that you had a collection of these that are important to you. And he remembers that. And he's a, a good dude like that. Okay. I don't hate it. I like my answer better, but I don't hate it. Next question from Saspa314. Why does Ted take the Richmond job at all? It's crazy for someone who's not coached soccer at all to leave his family, country, and sport of American football to coach English soccer. Yeah, I'd agree with it that it's crazy, but I do feel like he talks about this a little at the very beginning of the first episode where he talks about if if riding a horse is comfortable, then you're doing it wrong kind of thing, is that I think it's a new challenge. Uh, Ted is just the type of person that likes to challenge himself and to, to kind of change people's lives in that way and to spread kind of positivity and to, you know, he gets a lot of excitement out of 
a new challenge like that. And I think that he just did this because it's something out of his comfort zone and he just likes to kind of be out of his comfort zone and experience things like that. Yeah, I'm not too far off of you, but also this seems more of just like a theoretical question and not one about Agreed. an actual plot point in the middle. But that's I okay. doubt in the middle they were like, Ted, yeah. why did you actually take this job? And then he gives like a laid out answer. Yeah, I, I think like you said, I think he does it because he wants to prove himself. He wants the world to realize that a positive attitude can go a long way. And at the same time, like, you know, yeah, you're leaving your family, your country, whatever. But like if all you have is your family and your country, but you have nothing else to contribute to the world, like you're not creating something or moving people. I don't know. Maybe I'm being silly, but like if you're going to do anything in this short, crazy, ridiculous life, why not do it with full passion and take it as far as you possibly can? Like go big or go home. I know that's a stupid cliche, but just do as much as you can with your coaching and positivity. I'd agree with that. I also think that there could be a little bit of like they touch upon it on the first episode as well as like that he had a successful football career, but all that anyone ever knew him for was that funny video of him dancing with his team in the locker room. So maybe there's a part of him that wants to be known for more than that, that believes he is capable of great things and had to do something equally as crazy to kind of cast a shadow over that original thing that made him famous so that he could actually, you know, prove himself as a good coach regardless. Yeah, I like it. So the next set of questions here, we had so many questions that... So, so many. We did the thing that we've done in the past with many shows when we get many, many questions is we sanctioned off a section of these questions and we are going to limit ourselves. So all of these next questions, we are only allowed to answer in six words and we have to use a Ted Lasso accent. And we chose six because that is the number of goals that the other team had to score to make it that a tie would keep Richmond from being relegated. So six words. See how good our Southern Kansas boy accents are. Yep. Probably bad. First question from MB underscore Bailey 21. What is Snookers? Kind of like pool, but table giant. Isn't that British billiards? Pretty sure. It's actually closer to pool, but good answer. Billiards is pool, you bitch. False. What? Next question comes from Shafter 2181. Is Colin Brazilian? Nah, Irish, but wax is like one. More Brazilian than a giant Jesus. Baz Snow asks, what's at stake at the darts game? Ted's leaving England if he loses. Whoever loses sings embarrassing karaoke song. What does Ted say before he throws the last dart in the pub? Cue up the Katy Perry, bitches. <laughs> Win or lose, I love yous. <laughs> XX Reload X asks, what's Ted's home life like? Sad and lonely, misses his family. Always gone, wife mad, Mrs. boy. <laughs> Uh, Ms. Chris asks, where does Ted get the biscuits for Rebecca? His kitchen, not from scratch, Pillsbury. <laughs> the local pub. It's England. Duh. The Trash Squad asks, why is one of the episodes titled Tan Lines? Jamie tries looking sexy for Keely. Jamie cheats on Keely. Tanning bed. Ooh. Mm. That's an interesting one. Mm. Interesting theory. Thwaway135 asks, what is Jamie's prized possession and who gave it to him? Wishes, father's love, but fedora, Keely. <laughs> His prized possession is a fedora? <laughs> it's Jamie, of course it is. Uh, I think there there is like a, a window of, you know, clarity into Jamie's soul. A toy army, his grandpa, 
Poppy. <laughs> Poppy. <laughs> Many questions next from Comenius seven nine one. What is Rupert's new fiance named? Jacqueline was seventeen, working on a desk. Anna's one word. I don't know if you know that. Rebecca, he's a spiteful little twat. According to Coach Lasso, what percent of the team do the Milk Sisters own? Two percent. It's a milk joke. Oh, interesting. They own 80% of y'all. Which musical star canceled the day of the fundraiser? Paul McCartney, that Abbey Road weasel. (laughs) Adele. She's a British gal, right? (laughs) What game do Coach Beard and his girlfriend play? Hide the baloney. She always wins. Pin the tail on the donkey. Okay, all right. She's the donkey. (laughs) (laughs) What does Ted keep on his counter without closing the lid so he can stick his finger into it whenever he wants? This has to be peanut butter. Silly putty. Peanut butter would be better. I think we actually see a scene of him with, uh, while he's having the video conference with his son at the end of the, on the last episode. There is a jar of something on the arm of his chair that he's sitting in, and it looks like peanut butter. I think that's it. What's that British? There's like a British shit, a jar of British shit that you can eat. It's like, no, um, I think you're talking about Australian, and I think you're talking about Vegemite. You're talking about Vegemite in Australia. That's not a British thing. No, no, I'm not talking about Vegemite. No, it's like a biscuit, jar of biscuits. A bis- a biscuit in a jar? What are you talking about? Jar of biscuits. Are you talking like one of those like tins that have biscuits in No, 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 no. Biscuits in a jar. Like what are Biscoff you or something. I have no yeah, idea. Biscoff. Biscoff spread. Biscoff? It's like cookie butter. It's British. It's a jar of cookie butter. So actually that's probably Biscoff. That's my new answer. Biscoff. Biscoff, 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 Biscoff. That's my new answer. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Uh, <laughs> what? I, what is it? It's cookie butter. I, I, I understand it's cookie butter, but like, what actually is it? I don't. I don't understand what you're asking. It's cookie butter. <laughs> it's butter made from Biscoff cookies. Yeah. It's a spread made from Biscoff cookies. Yeah, yeah. That's literally bananas. But actually not. It's literally biscuits. <laughs> Where even were we? I got so lost in that cookie butter. Okay. Comenius, we're still on his <laughs> or their questions. What was Ted Lasso's first concert? Hootie and the Blowfish. It rocked. Quit playing games with my heart. <laughs> what does Jamie Tart put in the box to contribute to Sam's birthday gift? A tip for playing football better. Pocket lit in a condom. Douchebag. What Lego set does Ted build with his son and his wife while they're visiting Richmond? Tower Bridge in Big Ben. Predictable. Lego Hogwarts Castle. 1,300 pieces. (laughs) What does Keeley offer as the best way to motivate Jamie Tart? Shower with compliments of his wanker. Handy or blowy. Works for her. (laughs) Works for most women. Except hand jobs. Fuck those. I hate them so much. (laughs) After Higgins quits his job, he grows facial hair. Guess what style? 70s porn stash. It looks atrocious. Handlebar mustache. He looks like Paul Tuttle. Mm. What movie does Roy Kent think is the funniest movie? Bend it like Beckham. Sexism. Hilarious. (laughs) Uncharacteristically, Cars. Big Owen Wilson fan. (laughs) What a weird, what a weird answer. Our next question comes from Milo the Magnificent. Follow-up. What's funnier than the funniest movie? Cars 2. Roy Kent. Interesting fella. Jamie having a thong tan line. That's a movie. <laughs> no, okay. I'm saying what's funnier than the funniest uh, movie? And Roy's uh, like, 
this is uh, funnier than Bend It Like Beckham. And they're like, uh, do you think Bend It Like Beckham is fu- is a funny movie? Mike underscore Tiss asks, what question did Ted, mid-game, run up the stadium steps to ask Rebecca? Do you guys call cookies biscuits? What's funnier than the funniest movie? C.W. Vandalfon asks, what does a British owl say? A one, a two, a three. What does a British owl say? Ah. What instrument does Higgins play? Oh, this is another question that led you to believe that they were in a band. Okay. The bassoon. I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not doing my accent. The bassoon. Instrument of the gods. Skin flute. Seriously? Saxophone. Kenny G. <laughs> Mr. Turk Turkleton asks, how many times has Coach Beard torn his butt? A one, a two, a three. He's torn his butt five times. <laughs> Cest underscore Jarvor asks, what exercise does Roy Kent do in his downtime and with whom? He fucks with Keely. Stays fit. Naked pelvic thrusts with Keely, obviously. All right. Same page. Same page. Yep. RCPA69 asks, where do Ted and Trent go to eat? Nando's. I googled common London restaurants. <laughs> The pub under Ted Lasso's flat. Barrett Jen asks, what book does Ted give Roy to read? 17, the magazine for young girls. (laughs) A wrinkle in time. Thanks, Audio Addict 321. (laughs) I'll give you the one word at the end of that. It's it's pushing it. Ron Hogan asks, what's the best Martin Scorsese film? The Departed. Only one I've seen. Hugo, the boy with the robot. (laughs) I could have, I looked up Martin Scorsese films and like, I know like all of the major ones, Goodfellas and stuff like that. And I'm scrolling through like fucking Hugo. What the hell? So I thought I I almost went with Shark's Tale because he was one of the voices. (laughs) M Phil 95 asks, why is this a sexy emoji? And the emoji was the squirrel emoji. A squirrel always gets that nut. Putting these nuts in your mouth. (laughs) What are life's two most complicated shapes? Circle, no lines, star, many lines, trapezoids and octagons, so many sides. Junanda asks, who is questioned to be a character in the fucking Bible? Now you Jesus or something, bruv? Raw Kent, he's older than Jesus. What is on Keeley's Dayminder? Hint, it is adorable. Dayminder equals journal? Lisa Frank. Planner with a little kitty cover. It's got a picture of a little kitty. Who are PB and J? Beard, Ted, and Nate. Good dudes. Keely, Jamie. Always together and sticky. Interesting. I took it as three rather than two. Hmm. Who would sassy murder if she could go back to 1997? Hint, she has more money than the queen, according to Sam. Princess Diana's paparazzi. The year fits. I'd go back, kill her myself. Who is really into the hoodoo voodoo juju business? Keely, Beard, Trent Krim, or Sam? Sam or Trent? Have no idea. Sam? Kind of racist, Ted, don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) Who serves Ted and Trent insanely hot Indian food? I don't know why I asked that in my accent, but I did. So here we are. Nando's waiter? Jamie's less talented brother. (laughs) Nate, he can handle the heat. Forceful book dealer? A.K.A. me on eBay. <laughs> what does Ted feed Keeley when they are caught on camera? 
Biscuits. He loves those things, baby. Army man. Maybe I'm wrong earlier. <laughs> Thor1225 asks, what does Ted say he wished Roy Kent would be based on a gift he gave him? Goldfish. He gifts one. Immediately dies. Wish Roy was a teenage girl. Oh, 17. <laughs> Sassy Baps 4 asks, what's black and white and red all over? A panda mauled by a lion. Mm, I like that connection, David. Michael Jackson forgot to wear sunscreen. Oh, man. I don't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What? He's black? He's white? I don't like that at all. What don't you like about it? <laughs> I just don't like it. <laughs> just don't like it. Okay. Our next question and our last question is from Trist Patu. Who is stinky? McAdoo uses that Lynx body spray. Roy, he's just sweaty and hairy. <laughs> yes, he is. What a fitting <laughs> conclusion to our many, many questions. So many questions. Everybody who submitted, definitely appreciate you and your time and energy. Thank you very much. Couldn't do it without Yes, you. you're all the best. But I think now we have to come up with our center counts. Yes, we do. Center count score time. <laughs> Thank you for that. I am going to give this. Are you ready? Sure am. I'm honestly going to give this a seven out of seven. Seven out of seven. And the reason I do that is because I wanted to go back and watch this before we recorded today. So bad. The most bad than I almost ever wanted to go back and rewatch something. It's just funny and uh, like good and uplifting. And I enjoy it like a whole lot. I have a hard time even believing that there's any way that you would dislike it. It's just good, and I really enjoy it. So, yeah, 7 out of 7. It makes me happy. I like it, but I don't like it as much as you. I am going to go with a 4 out of 7. I think I only laughed out loud twice. Now, to be fair, it's not that type of show. No. I mean, remember, it's a comedy drama. Yeah, I actually liked it more for the drama and positivity than the comedy. I actually kind of think it's heinous that this wins comedy awards because, I don't know, man, I, I, I maybe I'll get hate for this, but I just don't think it's that funny. I just don't. And and I don't mind Sudeikis. Like, I'm not a I'm not a Sudeikis hater. Like, I, I like Jason Sudeikis. Do you? We're going to find out next week. We'll get there. But many of the jokes just felt so ham-fisted and forced like you could see the writing if that makes sense like the jokes were just lined up in neat little rows now don't get me wrong some of the jokes were certainly witty but some of it just felt juvenile like not in a slapstick way but just like the spitting on rebecca's face i don't know well i guess that's a poor example because that's slapstick but i don't know if like since you've become a dad or whatever but this new like i can't possibly stoop to the level of laughing at a turtle fucking a boot you make the most ridiculous jokes in the like what was that fucking stupid joke you made earlier i can't even remember it It was so bad in this episode know. there were so many i can't even pick one <laughs> but like I don't know. It just seems like I don't know if your taste is just changing. So, I mean, we have been doing this for almost a total of three years. I don't know if your taste is just changing, but I feel like that has that has changed since we first started doing this show. No, I've never liked contrived humor. I, I don't know. I, I again, I don't think it's unfunny. Some of it just wasn't for me. But the hope and believe stuff it won for me in, in Ted's unrelenting positivity. Even though I'm not that way, and I think there are cracks to that. I still appreciated it, and I, and I get why people like that aspect. I just don't think it's fair for this to win as a comedy, because I just don't think some of the comedy is that funny. But anyway, clearly not a bad show. I get why it's popular. 
Mm. I just don't think it's the best thing I've ever seen. So for me, it's a four out of seven, but it is it is a good show. Yeah, I appreciate I, I always appreciate just having something relatively light to watch that's not like so dramatic and heavy that you have to like set aside time to contemplate your life after. Like just having something that's like, yeah, I can watch a 30 minute funny episode and I laugh a little bit and then think more positively about life after. That's good. That has a positive effect on me. I'm the opposite i like the heavy stuff but that's why you ever seven and i'm a four that is exactly why but david we are done with ted lasso season one for the moment what do we have coming up next well next week we are going to have a center chat covering ted lasso and our question this week is going to be is jason sudeikis hot mm. we stumbled upon this at the end of our last chat i think we have differing views on this so it should be an interesting conversation yeah, fresh off the heels of our Is Hillary Swank Hot, we now are going to be discussing a male's hotness. So, yeah, excited for that. Yeah, should be a good time. And then after that, we will have The Nightmare Before Christmas, our halloween slash Christmas episode that we will be doing. And we're going to be doing it with the maker of our most beautiful art and center cut logo, Cindy. Yeah. Cindy has been podcast adjacent for some time. I say adjacent, but not in terms of listening because she stopped listening a while ago because she's a jerk. I bet she'll listen to this one. I'll give her shit while we record, but she has mm. been doing many things for us for a long time, and we're excited to have her on talking about The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, we've always talked about having her on, so it's finally time to get her in here, get her chatting, and really unpack why she hasn't been listening to episodes. So excited for that. And again, if this is your first time and you're still listening right now, we appreciate you. And if, again, this is not your first time and you're listening right now, we definitely appreciate you. Keep doing your thing. We love you. Yeah, we love all of you. Thank you for stopping by. Go check out old episodes, rate us, review us, all that fun stuff. All right. I'm staying positive, David. I'm staying positive. I like that a lot. Like the ever-widening gap between my humor style and Michael's, it's always better in the center. Dude.